0: giants.com The show will begin shortly. <clears throat> and welcome to another edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on giants.com. I'm Paul Datino. He is Jeff Feagles at J Feagles at Giants WFAN. If you want to give us a call over the next hour, we're at 201 4513 201 Four five one three, Or, if you're a little shy and bashful, hit us up on Twitter. Like you. At hashtag Giants Chat. And we'll try to get to your comments and your questions. Jeff, we're in the middle of a, a little bit of a dry period here. The OTAs don't start until Monday. And the rookie minicamp had just concluded over the course of uh, last week. And so, right now you just have guys going through the next phase of the offseason program. And uh, that basically means they're going out there doing a lot of walkthrough stuff on the field. It's limited, but for a lot of these new guys, and especially the new faces trying to get familiar with the new coaching staff, it's it's
1: valuable to be here. It is. And, I, you know, they had the Giants Foundation uh, golf tournament yesterday where a lot of the coaches and players were out there. I got to talk got to talk to a couple of the coaches, and I asked them, how's it going? <laughs> I was just curious. They're all new, so, you know, never, never hurts to ask them, how's it going? Right. And um, it was Lou Amaro or, or Lou uh, yeah from the secondary, the secondary, and then uh, James Betcher, and they both looked at each other and kind of smiled, and they, they they said to me, "It's going fine. If we could just play some football, they just they're t- you know just going out on the field and installing and going through. I don't want to say take this the wrong way, going through the motions because it really is all just going through motions." There's yeah. no contact. There's no nothing. Literally, and they, he said that the, <laughs> the, the offense has it a little bit better because they can kind of go through the motions a little bit better as what they do. You know, their 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 offense go running routes, handing the football off. Mm-hmm. Defense is it's a contact. It's all about that kind. Of, and so you can't have that on the defensive side. So they said it's just would be nice once we get into into to play some football. But I think, yeah, you're right, learning the roster, learning the depth of the roster and seeing guys come and go. I mean, we had six guys last week that were released and six guys that were signed. Mm-hmm. So there's some some a little bit of change here and there. Um, it was interesting that Dave Gellerman was was speaking to the audience last night and was really sincere about uh, how they built the draft and what they did through the draft and through free agency. And um, when you look at free agency, he had mentioned, and this really made a lot of sense to me, They tried to get good players at every position that were good character and good leaders at every position in the free agency. So they kind of went through that that route, and they did that. And then through the draft, they just complemented it with it. So – yeah, at this time of the year, I remember when I was going and we were going to the OTAs, it, it is getting exciting because the word OTA means that we're, the next one is training camp. Yes. You know? <laughs> so, and we got the draft out of the way. You got free agency out of the way. You got the the, the off-season program pretty much out of the way almost. They still have to be doing yeah. some workouts. But the fact is, once you get into the OTAs, Paul, things start to ramp up a little bit, and then they get that little break. Well, I
0: June is the mini camp. June right. the mandatory, oh, that's right, the mandatory mini, mini camp. camp. Don't yep, forget that.
1: That's right. That's right. And And I think that once they – you know, clap the hands like the dealers do in Vegas and say, see you later. You got that five weeks that everybody holds their breath. Yeah. Make sure that everything is okay yeah. and uh, guys behave themselves and most of them do. Um, but there's always so- something that, you know, not saying that it will happen in this team or any, but there's always something that comes up. You know, somebody gets hurt playing basketball or some stupid thing like that. But that's what the coaches and the, and the administration, they they want to make sure that guys just be good. You'll be fine. You'll mm-hmm. be all right. Just come back healthy. And that's when then we get started. So,
0: All right, let me ask you, though, about what we are seeing with these walkthroughs in Phase 2 of the the offseason team activities. We talk about how the offense and the defense can't hit, special teams can't hit, but at least the guys on offense and defense can run routes, they can run coverages. What are the special teams guys doing? For the fans who can't see this, because they're not allowed to watch any of this that's going on, what do the special teams guys do?
1: Well, the specialists, the kickers and the punters, they're they're basically just working through the you know their regular routines and stuff. That they would be. That's one thing about the kickers and punters, and nothing changes a lot between your routines and what you're practicing. Well, I there's think no that's, contact. That's why. Yeah, right. exactly. And I think that right now you're working on consistency and and working on different types of kicks and situational stuff like that, and um, getting into kicking shape as a as a unit, a special team unit. They're not doing any kickoff, they're not doing any kickoff return. They're basically running punt, which is the most important um, not just because it was my unit, but it, <laughs> but it's, a very, it's it's the one that is that they pay attention to the most because it can it can change field position. It also can change field position if you miss a block. So it's a very critical aspect of special teams is the punt team. they're working on that and they're working on their fits and working on their, their techniques, their footwork things like that. That, That's pretty much it right now about the special teams. And it's from a special team standpoint, from a coaching, you were trying to find out depth, trying to find out which guys you think are going to make this team. Um, A lot of those third, third, fourth, fifth receivers, those guys are going to be special teamers, your backup linebackers, your safeties. Mm -hmm. You know, those are your guys you have to start looking at because the Giants typically don't play a lot of starters on their special teams, maybe on the kickoff team. But for the most part, they're looking for guys that are going to be on this team. And so to put a depth chart together is really what they're trying to do. And that's what uh, um, T-Mac is doing, the new special teams coach.
0: Yeah, one of the biggest things they need to deal with on special teams. I mean, we know the kicking and punting situation is still a little cloudy after what happened last year, even though Dixon's been brought in to punt from the Broncos. The Giants at this point, I don't think you really have much of a clue as to who their kick returner and punt returner is going to be.
1: Yeah, well, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he saw Saquon Barkley back there on kickoff returns. Would you? Shermer kind of made fun of that uh, a couple of weeks ago when he was
0: asked, but uh, he could do it. <laughs> we know he can do it. And as, as Schmelk uh, suggested the other day, and I think he's right, in a, in a big spot, much like we've seen Odell Beckham Jr. return punts in a big spot, I could see Barkley doing it in a big spot. I don't know if it's going to be his regular job, though. To be honest with you,
1: you got to get him in there sooner or later, just to see get him used to the NFL speed, even though he's fast. But he's does, very fast. But it does move quicker than he's used to. So you kind of like you're a little bit of, you're a little bit scared to put him in there as a preseason game to watch him do a kickoff, right? No. So um, you just maybe just try to get him in some practice situations, but that's a good point. You know, Dwayne Harris was released, and he was your kind of your guy that you kind of counted on. Now the punt returner, I don't know. I I just hope whoever it is, we get some more production out of it because yeah. the last couple of years have been really just stagnant. There yeah. has been nothing exciting about it at all. It's a wide open spot. I mean, I think maybe at the veteran minicamp next month, we might get a little bit of a gauge
0: as to what they're thinking. A little bit. Yeah, well,
1: I see what they're thinking because you'll see who's there. You'll be like, oh, that's what they're thinking. And that's
0: about all we'll know. Yeah. Yeah. 201-939-4513 is our phone number. And you can hit us up again, hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Uh, Before we get to the calls, we had a question we were kind of mulling earlier today. We were thinking about throwing it out to you folks. And it's very important that you listen to the verbiage on this question. It's which of the Giants' units, defense, offense, or special teams, intrigues you the most? Not which one you think is going to be the best. Not which one you think is going to be the most exciting. Which one intrigues you the most? Which I think puts a little bit of an interesting twist on it because, quite frankly, I am most curious about the defense. But maybe not everybody will feel that way.
1: I am more. Yeah, let me try to. Intriguing
0: kind of lends itself to curiosity, and that's why James Betcher and his new scheme and the things that he's going to do, that's really got me intrigued. I appreciate the fact that the offense is supposed to be very explosive. I appreciate that right
1: now, specials is unknown. Defense is intriguing to me. Well, I think that the defense, in my mind, has a chance to get. Better quicker. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I think the defense can come around. I mean, the offense was putrid last year. I mean, absolutely horrendous. Okay. Um, scoring, what was it, 14 points a game last year? 13, something like that. It was good. Um, third downs. It was just. So to me, I would think that the offense would be more intriguing to me for those reasons. Okay. Fair now, enough. Uh, now, now, if I wanted to take it. One step further and say what if which which one's going to excite me more? Okay, exciting like well, that's a different word. I know, I know. But okay, but the the question is intriguing. I'm just saying what's See, going to be that's a good word, ex- isn't it? It is. A, it's a it's a <laughs> it's a deep word. It goes really deep. Um, exciting to me, I think would would have to be offense because when I look at Saquon Barkley, and I look at a healthy OBJ and Evan Ingram. Um, I think that there's there's three people there that would be very very exciting. Okay, Shepherd and, too, and Shepherd, and then the other part of it is that this offensive line have they been it's been improved. They still have a lot of work to do, but can that lend itself to having Eli Manning play better all the way around? So the offense excites me. I think that in tr- what intrigues me would probably be the defense.
0: I'll tell you what, by the way. I wouldn't be surprised if Saquon Barkley is second on this team in in touchdown catches behind Odell Beckham Jr. because he is going to be such an important part of their passing attack.
1: So you think he gets more touchdown passes than Evan Ingram next year? He might. He might.
0: Oh, yeah, I think that could happen.
1: So you think he'll get more touchdown passes than Evan Ingram next year? Like I said, I think it could happen. You said it might. That's not a yes or a no. A might tells me that you don't know. I don't. Well, I don't know. I'm just asking I, you. I think it, there's a real good chance. Better than 50-50. How about that? See, that tells me see Paul is very very careful with what he says because he has he has a calendar. I'd love to see the calendar. <laughs> uh, basically on July 1st he will come out with his predictions of the year and he has not thought about this one yet and, I he's, haven't been, really and thought he's been and he's been asked it. about it. I Therefore haven't really he goes about it. it could happen. He's not going to give me an answer. Well, you know what? Let me let me say this we we'll put it I, on the board if you John, want.
0: John and I had this discussion the other day about what will Saquon Barkley's rookie numbers be across the board. And before we get to your calls, and I'm going to get to them in just one second, Scott from New Mexico, you're going to be first. You're on line one. But I want to just check with Jeff here. Give us your across-the-board numbers on Saquon Barkley as a rookie. John had him down for uh, 270 carries, Six rushing touchdowns, uh, 1190 rushing yards, um, 68 catches, 675 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. Here, these are these are the numbers that John that John gave for Saquon Barkley. All
1: right, so I want to go to the Giants.com website real quickly. I need to pull up some statistics. I can't just come off the. I don't care about schmoke's numbers. <laughs> okay. And if John was here, I would say the same thing to him. But I, I gotta get I gotta get some parameters here. I gotta know a little bit like what the Giants, how many how many carries. You're quicker than I am. How, can you pull up the Giants statistics? Please? Sure, sure, no problem. I mean, you're like <laughs> I wouldn't say you're like my kid, but I would ask. I ask my kids this all the time. Like, can you find this for me on the internet real quickly? And, <laughs> like, and, and, it's, it's, and it's lightning, man. It's like here you go, dad. So, OK, um, there you go. What do you want? What do you what? What do you eat? OK, so rushing rushing attempts last year for the Giants.
0: Where right are they? That's Russia.
1: OK, Orleans Darkwell last year had 171 attempts. OK, so. All right. So um, give me a pen. Give me a pen. Did you do yours? I, I gave I gave him over
0: unders on all of his numbers. I didn't give specific numbers. Oh. I gave him over under. He, s- he established So what was your number for the, he rushing attempts? Uh, mine over- was under.
1: I was under on rushing, rushing attempts.
0: I was under on rushing yards.
1: Okay, I'll I definitely was, go under on rushing attempts. 270, that's a lot. That's, I agree. That, that's, 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 that's a lot. I think that's way too I much. I mean, you want to try to exploit somebody, give the ball to him 270 times. I mean, it's like, It's okay. way too much. Right, I, was so, under, I was under on the yardage. Um, I'm actually going to go over on the yardage. Okay, and he had six
0: touchdowns I'll rushing. give him
1: 1,200 yards rushing. Okay,
0: I had him for 1,100 yards rushing.
1: I'll go 1,200. So 1, I had
0: under, under, six touchdowns rushing.
1: And I'll tell you why I'm going to go 1,200, because I think that he's he has the capability of making some big, big, big plays. Ones. Yeah. And there may be a 50 or 60, two couples 50, 60-yard runs in there okay. that could push him over. That's that 110 yards there that gets you I over 1,100 to 1,200. I 1, understand. Um, six, six rushing touchdowns. touchdowns? That's a good number. I, I, I would go eight. I had under on that. All right. He had 68
0: catches. I had under. I had
1: like 60, 62. Well, let's just put it this way. Shane Vereen last year had uh, 53 targets and 44 receptions. Yeah. Okay. Combined with Wayne Gallman had 34. So that's 78. Right. Between the two of them. You went under on the 68? I said it was going to be about 62, so I went under. That's a high number, 68. It is a, it is I would a high go, number. I would go under on the 68, but not much. And I went over on yards. He had 675. I went over on yards
0: because I think he's going to break a bunch of, no, of long
1: ones. I'm going under on the yards. You know, those wheel routes can be deadly. Yeah, but that's a lot of yards. Yeah, he could do it, though.
0: All right. So I got, him, had, I got
1: him at tw- 1,200 yards rushing and 675 yards. Okay.
0: And, and he no. had four receiving touchdowns. I had over. I think oh, so because you
1: took the under on the six. Yeah, I rushing. took the
0: under on the six rushing and the over on the four receiving.
1: Now I'm going to go over on rushing and under on t- on receptions.
0: Okay. My total yards from scrimmage for him was uh, was 1100.
1: I'm sorry, uh, six. My, 1100 rushing yards, you said.
0: Yeah, 1100 rushing and about 600 receiving. Uh, so I'm actually, about 700 receiving. I was in the neighborhood of around 1700 or so. Totally yards from scrimmage, was right around where I was going to go. 700
1: receiving and 1,100 rushing is 1,800.
0: Like I said, around there. Okay. That was my approximation. He was more along the lines of, originally he
1: had said it was going to be 1,900. I said about 1,800. I'm going to say it's going to be between seventeen and 1,800. So, in any event, good stuff. Oh, and this is going to be another one. This could be another Mm -hmm. Saquon Barkley trivia. Not trivia, but just a a question. Mm -hmm. Over, under, big plays for more than 20 yards? Or do you want to go? 40 yards, 30 yards, 20 yards. 20 is good. 20 is a big play. What's the statistic? Remember, big plays is 20? The
0: stat that they use is a pass play over 20 yards is a big play.
1: And a run play over 10, right? a run run play
0: over 10 is a big play. Okay. Some teams actually do a pass play over 15. All right, so combine it.
1: I, I like 20. All right, so combine it. So combine a big Big play rushing, big play passing. Okay, the over under on those plays combined would be. Well, did you you met, why did you erase the the? Because they don't have that,
0: and that stat pack
1: they don't. Can you have pull that up real quick. I'm <laughs> just kidding, Todd. <laughs> they don't have no, they don't have that. The They're big, big play stat
0: comes out of that Giants book at the end of the year, okay. which I don't have handy here. That
1: might be one we look at later on because I think that would be a that would be a, a statistic to be to look at
0: I would not be surprised if that number comes in at somewhere around 18
1: with more of the big plays from running or, or receiving receiving wow you got him being a big-time I think
0: he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of touches in the passing game
1: just because of his ability to, to make people miss and yes. get in the open field and his yes. speed yeah. deadly yeah.
0: deadly in open space and the mismatch between him and a linebacker, is much greater than the mismatch between him and the guys up front at the line of scrimmage.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Let's go to Scott. Regardless, regardless, get the ball in his hands, whether it's running or receiving. It's a good idea to yeah, let him have it, isn't it? One. Scott,
0: you're on line one from New Mexico. <laughs> Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hello. Hi, guys. Hello. Uh,
2: fascinating conversation. So try. Uh... We try. Uh, I wanted to uh, first. I wanted to give some accolades to uh, Jeff. Uh, I love
1: accolades. Thank you so much, Scott. <laughs> uh,
2: I once compared you to the second best punter uh, next to Ray Guy a long time ago.
1: Well, thank you. And it
2: turns it turns out I was accurate because on two separate websites uh, they ranked you either the second best punter in NFL history. and on Another oh, website, like you were the fourth best NFL okay. punter in NFL history. Well, I'll take so, top
1: five. That's cool. That's that's very cool. Uh,
2: The reason I mentioned it, I was intrigued by your opening question about which aspect of the Giants team uh, would be the most important. I think it's going to be special teams. And I think there's no greater uh, play in football than being able to turn the field around. In other words, having the punter being able to coffin corner someone down on the five or six yard line and uh, so I think the special teams play really comes into uh, its, its due, uh, hopefully, this year.
1: I hope so, because, you know, it really needs a lot of work. It was horrible last year, and, and listen, Tom Quinn did the best he could with the roster that he had, and I said it earlier, that there was guys that were running down on kickoff with UPS uniforms on. I mean, it <laughs> oh, was <right>. just <laughs> absolutely, those last couple games, the flip cards, we had no idea who was on those cards, I swear to you. I, I sent to Lance, I go, Lance, Lance, who is this guy here? Oh, they just signed him Friday. Don't worry right. about it. shouldn't know yeah. who he is.
0: Bob and Carl were in the booth, I think. <laughs>
1: might have been when we were in Oakland, even. And
0: they had just signed, like, a couple of defensive backs that week. Yeah. And they're in the booth literally like an hour before kickoff. And Bob and Carl are like, who is this guy? <laughs> <I know. laughs> what what happens right. if he gets into the yeah. game?
1: But it does have to improve. <laughs>
2: Right. And I think it will hopefully, uh, again, if they uh, – and the question I have is, why is that a lost art with punters? Why can't someone be able to do that? I know there's guys like Marquette King from Oakland who can kick at 70 yards, but there's very few in the league who can actually do what you used to do, which is actually – Well, you sure know what it is? Tell do you think you, that's a lost art? Or? It,
1: it is. It is because nobody does it anymore. And it's, it's the Australian rules um, kick now where these guys coming out of high school and college – they do the Australian rules punt, and it's that end over end, and you can kind of aim it a little bit. So, you know, every year it loses its its luster, if you will. It's gone. It's it, the, right. the coffin corner is over. Nobody uses it anymore. You'll never see it again.
2: Okay. It's bad. Well, my, yeah. my general question is on the off on the defensive secondary, which I'm a little skeptical about, and I wonder maybe you or Paul can address this. I was looking at some statistics with uh, who they have uh, for the slot corner in William Gay, and they weren't that impressive. I know Paul in a previous broadcast, you had said he's durable, but talent should win out as opposed to being durable. And I think at the age he is, and the most one of the most important positions is that corner slot, can the Giants really get what they need out of him? <laughs> Uh, to actually make the season turn around as far as secondary is concerned.
0: Well, you know, DeShay Thompson, uh, Townsend I'm sorry, is uh, one of the Giants' secondary coaches. He just got here as part of Shermer's new staff, and he was with the Steelers, as you remember. He spent a lot of years right. in Pittsburgh, and he knows William Gay's capabilities and limitations as well as anybody does. And you have to believe that he was at least part of the conversation when they discussed signing Gay as a free agent. So if, if he thought that, you know, Gay didn't have enough left in the tank, I'm sure he would have raised an objection, and it might have made a difference in terms of what direction they were going to go in. Uh, my feeling is that because uh, Gay is going to be used as a slot guy instead of a boundary guy, and Jeff, please right. feel free to disagree, I think your, your craftiness can sometimes be more important on the inside in the slot where you can do a lot of things because you're smart you're you're crafty you're I don't want to call guys cheaters, but you can get away with a lot of stuff on the boundary if you flat out don't have that speed anymore uh it's a lot harder to get away with it because they'll- they'll throw the laundry on you real quick you know right. you, you try to clutch and grab they're they're throwing a flag. the slot guide is a little bit
1: more what uh touchiness stickiness going on, yeah. I mean, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, because you're, you, you got, there's, there's more traffic. Yes. Kind of, there's more traffic in there. Yes. Um, you have you got to have that flat-out speed the, at the, at the outside position, and you know, listen, I, I think that that William Gay is a guy that you could, you can trust. Yes. If you had to put him out there, but I see conceivably they want Eli Apple to be that guy, that second corner, but if, right. it, if something does happen, I don't see why that that William Gay couldn't be that guy.
2: Right. Well, well, he did have a a good performance, and he only started in the last two years, only 10 games. So that's why I was asking the question.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I
0: think, you know, to be honest with you, right now, I got Dante Dion backing up Gay in the slot. Now, of course, he's going to have to contribute on special teams, and, and I know Grant Haley, the Penn State uh, undrafted rookie free agent, is going to try to challenge him. There's only room for one 5'9 guy, though, on the roster. So it's either going to be Dion or it's going to be Haley. I don't see both of them making the 53.
2: Well, that wasn't Daryl Green like 5'9, and he was one of the dominant I guess, different corners in, in NFL history. Different and so game. so I'm not so concerned with size different game. as I am with speed.
0: Yeah, different game. Much right. different game That's in true. those days.
2: Anyway. Um, my last question, I can take this off the air, is uh, who do you think will emerge as the team leaders? And I, I mean that in the sense that the Giants, it's well-documented that they had issues in the locker room. And, oh, you know, if you're going to have a good championship team, you need to have those leaders emerge. And I was just curious again, who you think on this team, if it's a guy that they brought in, or somebody on the roster now, will actually be, you know, emerge as a team leader. And thanks, guys. I'll uh, listen to your answers.
1: Okay. Well, take uh, that first. Yeah, sure. I'll start on defense. Obviously, Landon Collins is your guy on defense. Okay, I think he's your legitimate leader. Can I add a guy? Well, yeah, yeah. No, I have two. I'm going to go a couple.
0: Oh, I want to throw a defensive guy on. Yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Go uh, ahead. Yeah.
1: And then I also think that that Alec Ogletree will be that guy. Bingo. That comes in and and, and takes that leadership position. Um, don't don't be surprised if you know Kareem Martin is a guy that he's you know he's not a he's not a Pro Bowl player, but he's a consistent guy. Um, I think that a lot of people will look up to him too when it comes to leadership roles. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you know, you got snacks in there too. So, okay, on
0: offense, did you have a guy?
1: Well, obviously Eli is going to be your guy. There's no doubt about okay. that. But for the guys that you brought in, it's going to be Nate Solder.
0: Yeah, very quiet, but I I sense that he's very got well
1: respected. Came from the Patriots, left respect. tackle for Tom Brady. Tremendous People respect. were going to to listen to him, okay. Um, and I think that he's a guy that now don't be surprised about Saquon Barkley. Now, I know he's a rookie, okay, but I think that he has tremendous leadership skills mm-hmm. from the character that he is. And it may not take take shape right away. But I think as his play gets bet, goes, people will start to say, my God, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So I think, you know, those are some of the guys. And obviously you have Odell. Um, sure. But, but the, to me on offense, it's, it's going to be, in my opinion, it will be Nate Solder and it will be Eli Manning.
0: Yeah. Sol- Solder's a man of few words, but I really get the impression that when he does speak, people will listen to him. And he's not going to have to repeat himself twice. Yep. Yeah, yep. I, I, I sense that as well. By the way, uh, he mentioned King, who's no longer on the Raiders. He's with the Broncos now. What is his uh, stat line going to be now that he's kicking in Denver? Lots
1: of big-time numbers. Yeah. Man, he'll yeah. probably snap every, well, every putting
0: record for distance and yardage known to mankind, And nine, that's right? why they
1: got Riley Dixon came here, because they were able to sign um, Marquette King from the Raiders, a uh, free agent, and then they got they traded Riley Dixon here. Yeah, exactly. All right, we go to line three. Doug from Rochester, you're next on Big Blue Kickoff
0: Live. Hello. Hey, what's up,
3: John? Uh, what's up, John? I mean, Paul, Jeff, what's going on?
1: Very good, <laughs> Doug. How are you? It's
3: Doug,
1: I'm doing right? All right.
3: Yeah. Hey, Jeff, I heard you say a couple of weeks ago that the punters don't listen to you. They don't. Um, they yeah, don't. I'll tell you what, if we get a pony that's half as good as you, we'll be all right. I listen, you know? Know? that's
1: great. And I, I yeah. just, I, I, now let me ask you a question, Doug. If you were a yeah. punter. And I said something to you. Wouldn't you at least try to maybe make sense of it and listen to it a little bit, or would you just turn your ear like the rest of them do?
3: No, of course. You're, you're coming from you, Jeff. I'll pay um, full attention. Maybe you should just um, throw your staff down in front of a and read it. You know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, Brad. I can remember, Paul, Paul, you talked about the Eagles game, Brad, last year. I don't know where he it was at the end of the game. He shanked one. I guess he put the Eagles at the 50-yard line. Here comes the punter, kicks a what, 64-yard 64-yarder, the most of he's ever kicking while the game. You remember that, Paul? Yeah, I remember it very ball. well. Yes. You remember that? I sure do. <laughs> oh, my God. my There's another one. I think it was in Tampa. There's yes. The comes in and kicks the those and those The game. Those
0: back-to-back, last-second field goal losses, in my mind, th- those two losses flushed the season for the Giants. They never recovered. That's
3: right. And Brad, Brad shaped two points and put him in perfect field position. So to answer your question, yeah, the opponent, you need a, you need a decent opponent. I want to go a couple questions. I hear a lot of Giants fans um, – Talk about the Giants going six and ten, seven and nine. Of course, that's a that's a better season than three and thirteen. But I think that would be an insult to him and Schirmer if the Giants went six and ten, because I think they got bigger and better plans than that. Well, so, uh, you know what? Yeah,
0: John Mara said he expects this team to be good this year, and and that's the mandate. So they're going to do everything they can to turn this around as dramatically as they possibly can. Within one off season, it's hard to do. Let's not kid ourselves. What their mission is, is is almost like you know Mr. Phelps from Mission Impossible. <laughs> it's a tough, tough task, but it doesn't mean it can't be done. Well, well, it- uh, um, Paul,
3: I was an officer for the for the Vikings, and I started to watch the Vikings last year. Move the ball down the field, take off seven minutes off the clock, and did kick no field goal. They, they scored fouls. Was, that's, a, that's what he brings to the team, I think, an offense. And I believe the Giants had, this, is more, this year have more power than the Vikings had last year. So he's coming to a team with full of talent, and he's a good possession coach to take time off the clock. That so keeps the defense off the field. I mean, that's how Minnesota got so far because they, they were a possession team. You know? I'm I with you, them, Doug. I, I, they, moved, they took six, seven minutes off the clock and the guy and scored. That's the idea. So, that's the idea. Yeah, so I think that's what he's trying to bring to the Giants. I mean, he's got talent to do it. He even said he's got plenty of talent to do it. So, I guess, uh, you know, me, I think the Giants could go at least 11-5, 10-6, you know, something like that. That would be awesome, Doug. I
0: think everybody would sign up for that right now. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Let me throw right. one. Appreciate it. Let me throw one thing in here, Jeff and we did see this happen also on a number of occasions last year and i know you're fond of Aldric Rosas, and i think he's got a world of talent as well missed opportunities you know missing field goals uh this team does not have any margin for error and when you come away empty like that it really deflates a club on on all sides of the field it's it's just not a good thing they're going to have to make sure they take advantage of every scoring opportunity they get
1: absolutely and, and you know for Aldric he he's got to just he's got to just focus in and just you know Stop playing the, the mental gymnastics he's, he's got the leg strength he's got to go out there and, and perfect his his, his uh, mental part of the game and that's uh, usually what it all is with kickers and punters It's all mental. Um, most of them at this level have shown you that they can kick the football where you know as far as you want them to. Um, you know really it, a field goal kicker can make a 55 yarder if you need them. and that's about the furthest you're really going to have to have something right. 55 nowadays is like a 50 yarder it w- used to be. A sixty yarder is like a fifty five yarder used to be <laughs> yeah. you know what i 'm saying it 's like they can make they can make these kicks now, but you can 't miss the ones from forty and forty two in because those are chip shots nowadays that that 's where it comes down here so i 'm looking for him to improve his mental capacity and, and moving forward and have a good season. But the fact is is it it does deflate you and you go down there and you have a nice drive, you put together something even maybe on the opening drive of the game and come out of there with no points. That kind of puts you in a little bit of a bad mood, you know, yeah, no question. you know, and, and, and in years past two years ago, you could have had that happen and your defense could have bailed you out because they were that good. Last year, they weren't. The team would just take the ball and move down the field and score. And then now you're down seven, nothing opposed to, you know, whatever being up three, nothing up and being up three, nothing. Yeah. yeah. So
0: Big Dash uh, 07088 sends us a tweet, says I'm expecting 1500 yards from scrimmage and double digit touchdowns for Barkley. Anything
1: more than that is great. Anything more than that is great. I kind of thought those numbers were pretty great. (laughs) I would say anything more than that is great is is true. But that's a big number, the double digit TDs. Okay, so I I agree with him around 1500 total yards. That's right around a little less than what we thought.
0: That's a, good, that's a real good number. All right, we also have here, uh, Ben Gruen says, uh, this time last year, everyone and their mom thought Philly was uh, battling Washington for third place in the division. They won the Super Bowl with half a dozen backups. No one knows outside of the Patriots who's going to be a top team too unpredictable. There's well, no
1: question. Isn't ben. that what the NFL likes? That is exactly what they like. That's exactly what you're going to get. I love this tag right here, this name. Oh, that, another guy. It's
0: shimmering in here. We heard from him <laughs> yesterday on the show. Uh, well, they did add Saquon Barkley, who literally addresses running back, wide receiver, and offensive line positions. Guy wasn't just a single draft pick. He was three. He says the Giants were ranked number 1 by the NFL for the best off-season moves. Well, the off-season's not over yet. But well, I up until this partial, point
1: Partial ranking right. is pretty good. Well, listen, they they're they're number one to this point. Hopefully, they don't do anything that that that, that decreases that rating going forward from here. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, and we didn't talk. We Paul and I were trying to get some topics for the show today, and one of them came up with the right tackle. So maybe they can do something to keep that number one ranking with the right tackle position. Who knows?
0: No way to tell what's going. to happen Not a lot there. of
1: depth at that right tackle position no. right now.
0: A.J. Marshall says Giants offense better with OBJ on the field than they were without him. That's a fact. No question. I still want to see him on the field again and to know that he's the same guy. He looks like the same guy off the field. But, Jeff, until someone comes back from a significant injury like that and does it in a game, you don't know.
1: Well, if there's one guy that can do it, it's him. And I think that one thing that everybody would like to see is him on the field, whether that's going to happen sooner than later. Who knows? Um, it's something that certainly we will be talking about in the near future, because I think it's something that's going to have to be addressed sooner or later. Yeah, it certainly does. OK, again, hashtag
0: at Giants, uh, hashtag Giants chat on Twitter or two oh one nine three nine four five one three on the phones. Abdul from Minneapolis is online number four. Hello.
4: Hey, guys, how are you doing? Good. Great. How are you? So to answer your question, I guess I am most intrigued about the offense. Um, you know, I just want to see uh, if Eli still has it. You know, because he, he finally now has some kind of blocking, hopefully, and he has this, he has uh, uh, tons of weapons. So I'm really intrigued to see how he will run Schumer's offense. And um, you yeah, guys just mentioned something about the right tackle. It seems like every time I look up, this, the Giants are signing another guard. Um, how many
0: tackles do we have on this team right now?
1: Uh well two I I know of you have um oh, Salter, Eric Flowers
0: and Flowers right. yep. and Wheeler and Wheeler.
1: So there's
4: three guards and like eight tackles. Sorry 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 eight tackles and
0: eight, <laughs> guards, and eight <laughs> guards and three tackles. There we go. Well let's right. see they they also have Nick Beckton. Uh, who's a tackle, uh, and they brought in Tyler Howell, an undrafted rookie free agent from Missouri, who was here during the rookie also, minicamp.
4: The big guy from Missouri was signed as free agent. Yeah, that.
0: he's 6'8", oh, okay. 330-something pounds, and um, let's just say he's very raw.
4: Right, okay. Yeah. Really and, big. The, and the guy from Nebraska, he's a tackle, but they Yeah.
0: yeah a guard. Yeah, I, I look at Nick Gates, and I I, I see him as a guard. I, I honestly do not see him as a tackle. They worked him out as a guard during rookie minicamp. I think that's his best shot to be an NFL player. I like his technique. I think he's got a good skill set, Um, very clean during rookie minicamp. They didn't have to correct him very often, which is always a good sign. But I think he's going to be better off as a guard because he's got shorter arms and his lateral movement in space leaves something to be desired. So if you put him in the full okay. booth at guard, I think he could be a good wall-off kind of player.
4: Is there a place I could look, I can see the, uh, the the 90-man roster right now, or do they not do that? Um, give, well, to, here's, to here's it what
0: I would recommend. You go to Giants.com and they do have the entire roster as it stands today available. There will not be a depth chart on the site because the coaches Uh, have not released one. Right, right, of course. If you want an unofficial depth chart as a guide, and I don't have any stock in Our Lads, but you guys know Dan Schock is often guest on our program, especially around the draft. He's one of the guys who works with Our Lads. OurLads.com has team-by-team off-season depth charts based on just knowledgeable information. It's a guess, it's not perfect. Okay. It's a guess. That will give you right. a better idea of what the team looks that like. That is
1: O-U-R, lads, dot com. Yes. Ourlads.com. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah. We and love those guys. Dan Schock is a frequent the, uh, guest. The, the
4: intriguing thing. I'm, finally, I'm, re, I'm really intrigued about seeing, finally seeing good linebacker play on this team. It's been years and years and years since we've had, uh, you know, credible linebackers. And I'm pretty excited to see how that works out. So, uh,
1: Well, so am I. And, I. and I'll tell I, you, you a got a, Lorenzo Carter, my friend, is going to be a heck of a football player. Yes. He is, he is, he's quick, he's athletic, and he will be around the football. And it will be a lot of fun to watch him play football
4: this year. And, and Ogletree, the guy from the, from yeah. the Rams. Yeah, and we've yeah, seen I, Ogletree play,
1: absolutely. But I don't think a lot of people really got to see uh, Carter play. This guy can move. I mean, he can flat-out move.
4: Well, I'm, I'm very intrigued about that and excited to see that. All right, guys. Have a great summer.
1: Thanks very you much. Too. You Thank too. Thank you. Man, uh, that sounds good. Have a great summer. Right? See, to me, that sounds pretty darn good, even though I don't know where the summer is. These people
0: know because they follow me on Twitter. I want to hit the fast-forward button on summer. And of get,
1: course you do. right to the season. No, Datino, We have come out of the worst winter. We got to have some summer, okay? I'm sorry. Get me to training camp. Get me to the season. I don't need the next
0: two months. You're very selfish. I am very selfish. I love the game.
1: This is horrible downtime for me. You're very impatient. The game will come to you. Just relax. <laughs> <laughs> for us that have for us that have to play golf and to do outdoor uh, activities, we need our summer. Because we can't do it in the winter, okay? And we just came out of the winter where we couldn't do what we'd like to do, golfing, and now we're doing no, it. No, no, no. You are part of the golf community. I am not.
0: I'm Italian. I have no patience for that sport. There's
1: a lot of Italians in golf.
0: When's the last time an Italian was in the top 100 on a PGA Tour?
1: Oh, not very often. It yeah. doesn't happen. No, um, they are. There's a lot of Italian golfers out there. and They're not very good. We do other things with golf clubs. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, like, let's go back this, to like the like lines. Luke, did you see this with the, where Lucas Glover's wife arrested for allegedly beating the you-know-what out of him after he played bad at the Players' Championship? That's what... That's what some women do with golf clubs. They beat up their husbands. Or they wreck their <laughs> jeeps like Tiger Woods.
0: Uh, wow. Dexter, you are online too two from Dext. Orlando, Florida. Good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. You guys are my alarm clock. I work nights, so
5: at 12 o'clock, my alarm go off. That's when I know you guys are on the air. All right. Great, well, stop. Good morning. Good Thank you cool. so much. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, I hope you enjoyed them um, lobsters without sharing it with Paul and
3: Lance. Hey.
1: I'm telling you, I am not going to lie to you. I have not enjoyed them yet, but I am I am getting. Uh, they're going to be taken home today. Um, we were able to uh, get them frozen. You know, we, we what, do you, what do you call? You don't shuck a, a, a what, what do we do with the with the lobster? We took the meat out of it for God's sake. Okay. And then it, it's oh, okay. been it's been frozen, and now we are, I'm I'm taking them home today, so we're good to go.
5: All right, my question is, um, Paul. I noticed this year, our third round of picks. Is way better than the previous years. I am so anxious about that guy, um, B.J. Hill and Carter. Yes. I think B.J. Hill is going to be a monster. That guy has phenomenal goals, strength. He plays violent, just like how Dave Getterman like them. I'm telling you, this guy, B.J. Hill, he's
0: unbelievable. He's quick, athletic, aggressive. A lot of motion out of him on the field. And for a defensive tackle who weighs 300-and-something pounds, like 305, it's unbelievable to think that he's under five seconds in the 40-yard dash. His feet, his hand speed, doing the drills out here during rookie minicamp, really jaw-dropping. I, I still think he's probably best suited as a defensive end in a 3-4 scheme when you're running a okay. five-man front with a couple of linebackers on the bookends. Do you? That's right. that's what I see. But But I'll tell you what. Uh, he's going to get after it. He—he's he, this kid has a motor. And, and a good and kid too. Most, yeah. yeah, this is
5: the most best third round talent we have gotten in the past previous years. Everybody else didn't make it. I don't even think they're on the squad.
0: Well, the let, let me just say this: around. Lorenzo Carter and I'm with Jeff on this. You guys know you were you weren't around on uh, on the second night of the draft. If you had been anywhere within 150 miles of this building, you would have heard me scream when Lorenzo I Carter was drafted. Did. I heard the scream in Orlando. <laughs> there you go. Because this guy, is yeah. he's got length, he's got athleticism, he's got physicality. He's um, got smarts. Yeah. He is a football guy. Plays and, five di- five different instruments. And played four different positions at linebacker yeah. in, at Georgia. They want him to I primarily them. be a pass I rusher. I followed
5: him in college. I followed follow him. I followed him in B.J. Hill. I was, hey, my clear answer with Will Hernandez. Yeah. That was the best thing that ever could happen. After I watched that senior bowl, I was like, This guy <laughs> he's a giant. He's a giant.
0: Hog Molly Hernandez. I love him.
5: <laughs> yes, definitely. Hey, and and um Jeff, make sure you teach Dixon your tricks on those um, onside punts, man. Make sure. I want to see that happening, Jeff. Work with Dixon on that.
1: All right, I'm gonna try.
5: Yeah, they Thanks, to me. Dexter.
1: Listen, uh Riley Dixon was, was quite the uh trick artist in and uh, at Syracuse ran a lot of fake punts, lots of fake punts. In fact, there was some alumni that had got together and were petitioning for Riley Dixon for the Heisman because he ran so many times. Just this, Yeah, he's pretty, pretty athletic. I'm going to have to
0: look up those stats. Yeah, look them
1: up. They're impressive. I, ju- I just hope that his conversion rate on moving
0: the change was 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 good because runners yeah. who run fakes and don't get the first downs don't stick around very long. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it Ernie Cast- Castoraro? He says, great show. Thank you. Uh, there seems to be a lack of wide receiver depth and an abundance of tight ends. Why can't they convert or use a Kyle Carter as a wideout, says Ernie on our Twitter at hashtag Giants Chat. Well, you know, honestly, I think the way that the Giants have gravitated toward the receivers, you know, it looks like the philosophy is going to be they want those guys to stretch the field more. They want more speed there, and to me, they're looking at Barkley as a short-range target coming out of the backfield. Okay. They're looking at Ellison as a short to medium-range sure. target. I think they want their receivers to be all down the field guys. That's just my opinion. Um, I I understand a little bit of a lack of depth there right now. It's OBJ, it's Shepard. Uh, you got to figure you're looking at Ingram probably as another medium-range target who's going to be catching a lot of passes. They may not think they need to do anything more with the receiving core. Corey Latimer, the former Bronco, to me has the inside track as the number three. Roger Lewis right now would probably be four. And Travis Rudolph at the moment would probably be number five. I do think it's a little thin on the back of the depth chart, but they may think that there's only one ball to go around. And if you're going to be throwing the ball a lot to Ingram and Barkley, maybe the back of your receiving depth chart doesn't have to be as
1: proven as maybe some of us would like.
0: I don't well, know, Jeff. How do
1: you think about that? No, I that? think it's fine, but I, I think for 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 depth purposes, you want to have some guys that you – and here's where the whole special teams comes in to me. Corey oh, Latimer yeah. is a good special teams he player. Is. He is. Okay, Roger Lewis has got to be a better special teams has player. Has to be. So you have your OBJ and your Shepard and Evan Ingram and Barkley. There's your four receivers when you think about it, like you're talking, okay, and maybe Red Elson on some mid-range stuff yeah. like this. But yeah, I think so and to, to me what's more important is that those fourth and fifth receivers are better special teams players than they are a fourth and fifth receiver to me. And that's where that's where those guys are going to make the team. They'll make it as a fourth and fifth receiver or fifth and sixth receiver maybe as a special teams player. Because that's where they needed to be. That, 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 that has got to improve, the special teams. So. I'll
0: tell you, a guy who I really want to see step up is Travis Rudolph. Because he had such a nice camp last year when he made this team out of nowhere, out of Florida State. And all we heard, I remember talking um, talking to um, one of the assistant coaches down at, at Florida State, uh, Lawrence Dawsey, the former Giant Buccaneer receiver. And Lawrence couldn't have said more wonderful things about about the player. And then also said, I told him, when he goes up there, you absolutely better kick butt on special teams because that's going to be your ticket. And he indicated that, you know, that's what we were going to see. Well, Rudolph made, made it, you know, got here on the practice squad. He made it to onto campus. But then when they called him up at the end of the season, I thought he was very quiet
1: yeah. and did yeah. not
0: – did not give them the spark that I was kind of hoping he would give.
1: Well, and again, it's, it's all about reps. It's all about the, you know, when you're, when you're on a, when you're basically the scout team is what you are at the practice squad, you're running the other team's plays. So by the time you get there and get into the game and late, late in the season, you don't have a lot of rhythm and stuff and things like that. You'd like to see the guy that was part of the, part of the 53-man roster that's running, you know, running the routes in, in the Giants' um, system and being able to come out there but yeah I think he kind of you know and again that was a long season for those guys it was you know it was, it was a long season for everybody <laughs> so this is just a fellow that I'm going to keep my eye on cuz I'd like to see
0: bigger and better things from him right. I think he's capable of it but he's just going to have to do it we go back to the phone lines at 201-939-4513 line 1 has Dave from Cranford on it and we say good afternoon Dave
1: Hi Dave how are you how are you guys
0: good. I
6: uh, a lot, a lot. You guys have left a lot of information out there that I could comment on. So I have to be disciplined because uh, you, you said so many things. And, We're trying. One of them, um, I, I guess, if I was answering the question first, I think to me, Paul, as much as I agree with the intricacies and the and the different uh, positions on defense, I think this off season comes down to did they fix the offensive line? Because of, yeah. you know, I think it's I pretty it. clear. No one's going to argue. That the players are there to be explosive. I don't think there's any question about that. The question is, can we finally give Eli you know a second to throw and not to be living in fear of his life, and can that line come together and i and I have to think that the answer there is you got to like what you see. I mean we're not in pads, I get all that, but I, I think you like what we see. I'd love to get your guys' comments on it
1: well i, I... I do, on paper, yes. I, and I think that's about all we could say. I think until we get these guys to line up against each other and not so much beat the crap out of them, but just more just line up and play football, then I can, then we can start to make some educated guesses as far as how this roster is going to shape up. But on paper, I think that you know the draft, the free agency, I think that Dave Gettleman's done a, a tremendous job. And I think I have a lot of faith in this coaching staff because when you look at what Pat Shermer did, and he went out and got veteran coaches to coach at each one of these positions along with some veteran leadership, checked all the boxes, what you needed from last year to this year, it's there, it's on paper, and now let's go. You know what's really cool about this? You go look at a guy like Saquon Barkley, and the line
0: doesn't have to be great for him to produce. They just no. have to be okay. Yeah, That's well, all. They just have to be okay. To be they don't have to be the Cowboys line. They don't have to be the Titans line or the Ravens line. Not the Ravens, the Raiders. They just have to be okay. And he can make things happen. The other thing is, think about this too, Jeff. In terms of the check down, when you have to go to the quick release stuff and you have to dump the ball off because there's going to be pressure in the backfield, who better to throw it to than Saquon Barkley, who can make a big play and score from anywhere on the field? You know, in the past, the Giants have had guys like that Dave Meggett, Tiki Barber, Ahmad Bradshaw, who could take a short dump off and make a huge play out of it. And. Those, those are the kinds of threats, those are the kinds of players that can just open up so many different things for the quarterback. And, you know, look at last year's team. They didn't have anybody like that. You know, Vereen was coming off injury. He really never amounted yeah. to, to what he was with the Patriots. Dark was a terrific player, but is he taking it the distance on a dump off from the 35-yard line? No. He's not. No. So, so that dimension to me is huge.
6: I think the other person, Paul, that you talked about um, that flies a little bit under the radar in the off-season, was the Cody Latimer signing. Definitely on special teams, but think about him if you watch any of his tape about how he blocks on the perimeter as a receiver. Mm-hmm. And, Good point. Uh, you know, a lot, a lot of receivers mm-hmm. don't, you know, they, they will pretend they're blocking, but this guy actually will take somebody's head off. And you go then look at Shermer's offense and see how many rub routes they play and see how many bubble screens they play. Where you need a receiver to block. Pick. Yes. And I couldn't agree more, Jeff, what you said. That the Giants, you know, they're they're going to have more issues about getting all the explosive players enough touches. They got they got four guys that can take it to the house. You know, any any time that they catch the ball, they they need that complimentary receiver who's willing to to get to get dirty on offense and do some of those other things that will will allow those players. And, and just picture him throwing a block. And to Paul's point, Saquon's only going to need one or two good blocks on a play to to really make defenses pay. So I, I think there's a lot of really good things to think about.
0: Well, maybe that short yardage dirty receiver over the middle turned out to be Ellison.
1: Well, it could be. They tried to get him the ball a lot more last year, remember? Didn't use him nearly enough, though. I know, but they tried. It's like they started it, and then all of a sudden it kind of went yeah. away. Um, but I think that he's, you know, and, and Pat Shermer has a relationship and some history with him. He does. So we'll see what happens. Thanks, there. Dave. Yeah, Dave, thank you. You too, guys. Have a Thanks, good one. Guys. Good phone Dude. call. We go to line
0: three. And the lobster man, Charlie from Portland, Maine. Charlie. Hello, Charlie. What's hey, happening? Hey,
7: Paul. How Woo. you doing? Oh,
0: <laughs> beautiful day, Charlie. How yeah. are you?
7: Chuckles. Good. Hey, um, I should have sent you rubber lobsters if you were going to freeze them. Well, listen. are going to taste like.
1: <laughs> listen, here's the problem. Here's the problem we have, Charlie. I'm just kidding. No, I no, no, kidding. but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you. So I, I figured Charlie would send me one or two. So Charlie sent me ten. <laughs> Oh, ten, ten, really? Ten one-pound lobsters. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Hey, that's a class act, Charlie. Yeah, so not only was it difficult to to cook and clean ten lobsters, okay, <laughs> rather than one or two, so that was part of the problem. The second problem is is that I, I played football a little bit too long, got hit in the head many, many times, and I've been able to come into the facility now the last three weeks in a row and f- forgot to take them home. So they're in the freezer here. So, so <laughs> they are going home today, Charlie. And I am making either lobster bisque or lobster sandwiches with my lobster. Oh, nice! Okay, that'll be, that'll I, be really. Good. I will. I will post. Uh, I don't post a lot, but I will. I'll post my whatever whatever food comes out of this lobster. I will put it on. So it's going to be on the Twitter. It. It'll be on Twitter. All absolutely. right. Yep. Thank you, Charlie. Hey, hey!
7: Another another good one is just uh, some uh, nice pasta, olive oil, so a little garlic, maybe some capers, and just saute the lobster some capas, with that. Capers. Capers. I love how you say that word. Paul knows what I'm talking about. I hear you, little little oregano. But anyway, hey, I I think the reason why the punters don't listen to you, Jeff, because it's a different game now. No, it is absolutely (laughs) no. No, it is just kidding. No, the thing is, these guys are all into stats, and they're all into you know, you know, you got to butter them up. You got to say, hey, you want to make your stats better? You want to have some really good stats. This is how you kick it. You kick it in the coffin corner you're gonna get so many great stats. You know what the best stat in for a punter is kicking the ball inside the ten yard line yeah, yeah. and I am the leader of that in the n f l yep. that really helps your team and you'll stick in this league like I did for twenty two years and people ask
1: me all the time, how did you play so long and there's a couple things number one, I was very lucky I didn't get hurt okay because a lot of you know the injuries take you out of this game which yeah, which really. Sure. It really did take me out of my game after 22 seasons. You know, my knees, just the injuries I had over and kicking. But the bottom line was this. What took me, to what, what I played so long was because of this reason and this reason only. Number one, I was good at my craft. Number two, I did what the coaches wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest right. thing. When Coach Coughlin told me to kick the ball out of bounds and it only went 39 <laughs> yards, I did my job. Seriously. <laughs> right. So, right, But right. I took a 39-yard gross, gross and gross and a net number which today, 39 yards, these guys can kick it with their eyes closed, okay? It doesn't look good on the stat sheet, but here's the problem. These guys don't see that. They want to have the numbers, beca- but they don't yeah. see the fact that when your coach is telling you to do something, the coaches, when you do it, they understand. They don't care about the numbers. It's all about the just the team, and what you do, they don't understand that stuff. They really don't, and that's their own yeah. fault, and they're only going to play for four or five years at the most, and then they'll be done, and then they'll sit back on the couch one day and they'll hear my name and go, God, I should have listened to that guy. We have so <laughs> much become a stat-oriented society. There's no question. Every day you turn on the stats, pro football focus, well, pro, everything is Between about stats. Between analytics and, and fantasy football. Geez, I mean, that's I, what drives it. surprising not a stat, you know, where guys go to bathroom, you know, what time of the day or what if it affects their game. It's like, <laughs> come on, seriously. You know what's funny,
0: Charlie? Do you? <laughs> I... Do you, do you, and I know you know this. Do you know the story of Dave Jennings? Do you, do you know the story? Dave Jennings, the former Giants punter yeah, who went which, to which the story. NFL, who went to the NFL and basically demanded of them that you guys keep track of punts inside the 20 and demanded of them that you create a net average category for punters yeah. because he was sick and tired of watching these punters who just would try to boom it all the time and didn't benefit the team. They were so interested in their own stuff. Jennings said, you've got to do this. And they finally relented and created the stat net punting average. And inside the 20. And inside the 20 because of Dave Jennings. He's the one who made the NFL recognize that as a category.
1: There you go, Charlie. So
0: he cared. That's what you got to
7: do. And the other thing you got to do, Jeff, first thing you do is you got to butter them up and say, hey, what's your best pun? Butter them up like the lobster.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have a hard time buttering anybody up, and when it comes to punting, Charlie, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna right. tell them they need to listen to me or get the heck out of here. Thanks, Whatever. Charlie. Bye, Charlie. Thanks day, again. Yep. See Appreciate you
0: later. it. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. We got a couple of calls on the line. Let's see if we can get through them. Jeff is also uptown uh, in New England from Rhode Island. He's on line four. Hello.
8: Hey, fellas. How you doing today? Good day How are you? I'm oh, doing fine, thank you, Paulie. Maybe I, uh, maybe I should hook you up with about a five, uh, five pound uh, container of snail salad. How would that? Work? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what you definitely oh, should don't do, do.
1: That to me. Yeah, send that over, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like
8: no, to no, see no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs>
0: snail Can I have a little salad.
8: competition between a lobster man and a snail man. <laughs> oh my goodness,
0: I'm a pasta it, guy, flat out. That's all there is to it. We're Go snails. ahead, Jeff. Okay.
8: Anyway. Uh, I'm just calling to see. I mean, I know you haven't uh, seen uh, many of the guys on the field do anything as of yet because it's kind of early. But, uh, and uh, I'm just wondering, do you think uh, this uh, Cody Latimer could uh, bring anything to the party other than being a, uh, a good uh, special teams player?
0: Well, you know, here's the thing. I remember when the Giants signed him from Denver, and I posted up a, a, a post about terrific special teams player. And also, he is a ball-control guy. He's got size. Uh, he's got good hands. Toughness. He's a move-the-chains guy. And a guy comes back on Twitter and rips me to shreds saying, well, look, he's only had such-and-such such number of catches in a few years at Denver. His stats don't don't show anything. Well, he's a nothing. And I'm like, don't you understand? I'm characterizing the style of player he is. That's I wasn't giving you a stat line. Yeah. Okay, that's not the point. The style of player he is... Actually, he's going to be, at least at the moment, in terms of the wide receiving room, he'll be the tallest of the wide receivers. The rest of them yeah, are kind of, yeah. they're, they're Smurfs. <laughs>
1: they are Smurfs.
0: They are. They're a bunch of yeah. Smurfs. He'll be the tallest wide receiver on this roster, again, if you're not counting the tight ends. And he is a guy who's got hands, who who does all the physical things you want him to do. And let's not forget, as we've said to you many times on this show, the Broncos wide receivers coach came over to the Giants during the off season. And once again, as I said with Townsend and William Gay, you know that they checked with him before they made that signing. Right, right. And so they must have gotten a good review yeah. that there's some upside here. This is a guy who was a second-round pick when he came out in right. the draft. Yeah. I liken him a lot to Dominic Hickson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, and if he is Dominic Hickson and breaks out with the Giants like Hickson did, I think you would tell me that's a good thing. Absolutely. Absolutely.
8: Oh, yeah. It'd be terrific if he could turn into another Dominic Hickson. There's no doubt about that. Now, Hickson got a little deeper. That,
0: that Hickson made our some two
8: big plays. And our two tight ends and our uh, recently drafted uh, running back. I'm, I'm just not really over enthusiastic about the, uh, the rest of the guys on a, uh roster at uh, the wide receiver position. That's all. That's why I was asking about this guy in particular.
0: Well, you know, whether it whether it's a Higson or even a Dwayne Harris who gave the Giants yeah. some good snaps yeah. at wide receiver, if he could be either one of those guys, you'd be happy, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, no doubt. You know? Absolutely, yeah. And he doesn't have to be the go-to guy. We've already listed the go-to guys. Right. There's a bunch of them. Exactly, exactly.
8: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, thank you, guys. Have thank have you, a good Jeff. Day, have a right? good one, buddy. Thank you, Jeff.
0: Yeah. One more caller on today's program. We go to line two, and Mark from Chicago. Hello.
9: Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great show as usual. Thank you. Um, Hey, I really wanted to talk about the CBA. I had a couple of points about that. But one thing uh, I thought it was a little sad when you guys were talking about who are the leaders on the offensive side of the ball, and there wasn't one mention of OBJ. And, you know, I think he's sort of relegated to being the big play, big star prima donna role at this point. Have you seen anything, at least in the preseason, that we've seen thus far that he's really going to legitimately step up and be a leader on the offense?
1: Um, I I have not because I haven't been around around it. So I can't comment on that. But, um, you know, I know I know he's liked in the locker room, Mark. I really do. The players like him. Um, And I just don't, you know, without being in there and understanding the dynamics of things, I, I don't I don't know. You know, I don't know why his name didn't come to mind. But I just think that I think that the other guys that I that I had mentioned to me fulfill that kind of role on a on a bigger scale, not just in the locker room it's got to be on game day well you know on game day, obj is not exactly the leader on game day when it comes to the antics that he does I think if, they, if, it, if it was if he had kind of not done a lot of those stupid things, mm-hmm. I think maybe that 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 might change in my opinion
0: I mean there are lots of ways a guy can lead, and if you want to look at the best qualities he has on the f- practice field it's there's no incredible question incredible preparation yeah I mean he does butt. he does, does, his work. He does he work works and prepares as hard as anybody in this game does. Yeah. That's one. Number two, obviously he is the ultimate competitor. The guy can't stand to lose, almost to a fault because he bubbles over. Yep. But he can't stand to lose. And I want guys who can't stand to lose. Dave Gettleman said that. Yep. I want guys who hate to lose on my team. Absolutely. And the fact is, on game day, boy, I don't know that I've ever seen him take a playoff to be quite frank with you. Yeah, no. So, so those are, those are really good characteristics. And in some ways, if you want to call those leadership skills, you can, but, but those would be the ways he manifests himself as a leader. I don't, I don't necessarily think he's got the other leadership categories that maybe some people would think about in a traditional sense.
9: Well, I would just hope that going into the fifth year now, we'd see a little more maturity and maybe with the big contract out there, maybe we'll see it. So anyway, um, I'm glad Jeff is on today because uh, last week, um, um, Paul, you and Lance talked about the salary aspects of the CBA and maybe doing some different structures. Um, the one thing I know you've mentioned it too on the on the, the show is that just the quality of football, especially for the first month of the year, is so poor because these guys don't really go through, you know, what I would call the grueling training camp. You know, back in the old days, they needed six weeks because. You know, the guys were out of shape. You know, football wasn't a full-time profession. They had to have off-season jobs. But now, you know, these guys get paid so much money. You know, it's a full-time profession. They come into camp in shape. You know, why can't they go back a little bit more towards the older days where when they bring them in for mini camp, you get some hitting in. They do more hitting during uh, training camp. Uh, they play them more than a quarter. I mean, I, you know, it's almost like when you watch a game for the first month of the year, the tackling is almost like Pro Bowl. I mean, it's really poor, yeah. and it just irks me that you know the quality suffers so much because of the CB. And I understand you want to protect the players from from injury, but it seems like you know a lot of guys get hurt more from non-contact injuries than you do from contact injuries in training camp. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I know it's a long conversation. I'd like to hear what you have to say, and I'll listen off the air. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Mark, for the last call of the day. Quickly, Jeff, uh, thumbnail thought.
1: Well, it, it all comes down to money. It's all this whole business is about money. It's about protecting the players. It pre- it's protecting your um, your brand. And really, when the guy, the, the players, okay, years ago. When you had your mini camps and things like that, see the coaches got away with a lot of stuff they they had these players in helmets and they were basically practicing full go. They pushed it they pushed it and it and it backfired on them. It really did now they 're crying they 're saying, geez, we can't get anything done because no. but you know what if they if they give them an inch they 'll take a yard again okay those those coaches will go out there and they will just pile on again so mm-hmm. that 's the problem all right it 's not that the players don 't so much want to do it. It's just that the coaches exploited it years ago, and there had to be something done about it. And it's unfortunate because the game suffers. It really does. It does. If they could somehow find a compromise
0: and find a way to rein it in and tighten the controls on it, that would allow for a little bit more. But here's the So other that thing. it was only an inch. And the other thing, too, you is the camps,
1: be camps are three days long, right? Yeah. The, and they had these guys coming in here and doing one-on-one pass protection, nine-on-seven stuff. These are guys that are that are they're either working out in the facility or they're at home working out. They're not playing football and then all of a sudden they come in here and they start going and having all this contact. Guys aren't they're not used to it and they were getting hurt yeah. and injuries started to happen. So that's just just a big all of wax to things that happened and now it, it's just it's unfortunate this is the way it's gonna be. It's never gonna change from this point on. It's not gonna get they're no. not gonna go back to anything. I
0: don't see it happening.
1: Not no. not not at all. I mean we're talking about getting rid of the kickoff for God's sakes. If that you're not gonna talk about getting <sighs> back into pads for minicamp. There's yeah, no way.
0: Exactly. <laughs> all right. Are you done for the week?
1: I am done for the week. week? Yeah, I'm done with you for the week. That's for sure. Oh, poor guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right, Danny. (laughs) Jeff
0: Jeff will be back one day next week. I'm not sure which one. I don't know either. I will be back tomorrow. I believe I have Lance Meadow with me tomorrow. Uh, John is down in uh, Washington watching the Yankees and the Nationals play baseball.
1: Very good. On a nice. good weather yeah nice nice time to pick to go to see a baseball game
0: write down our number for the next time the show is on we are here every weekday from 12 noon to 1 p.m eastern time on giants.com it's 201-939-4513 the show is big blue kickoff live we'll see you next time everybody